Knowing one's history is the right of all peoples. Many have had their history stolen or obfuscated from them. Others have lost it. But for those who have found, uncovered, or reclaimed it, what then should they do with it? Is theirs a history worth respecting, living up to, and bringing with them into the future? Or is it something to work past, lessons to the future to prevent mistakes? Welcome, everybody, to Tales from the Velt. I'm Nick, your host. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Thank you for hosting us. Oh, thank you. And the person expressing her thanks is Kirsten. You have to thank me. It's me. And I also want to learn from the mistakes of my past, but I don't seem to learn. Uh, coming up next is Kat. And Kat, is that true? Does Kirsten learn from the mistakes of the past? No. I've never seen Kirsten learn a single thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm. And delightfully sitting out of this uh, argument is Kathleen. There are times when it behooves me to respond and other times when I should just let the thing happen. <laughs> that is the most diplomatic response. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it's not because it uses the word that Cat doesn't like. This fancy jerk was just sitting there with the word behooves in her hand. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Just waiting. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) I was trying to go with a pun because like hands and behooves and then I was like hooves and hands and then I was like, no, but I can't make a good pun work. So I shouldn't have actually said anything at all, even the fact that I had even tried to think of a pun. But it's too late for that now. Oh, God. It's like you showed up at the party with a fistful of flour and three eggs and were like, well, I tried to make a cake. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) Maybe you can do it. Here's the ingredients. Take it as you will. Oh, it's one of those deconstructed cakes. I hear those are big right now. (laughs) All the rage these days. Uh, (laughs) What did we do last time, Nick? (laughs) But yes, so last time, everybody discovered the unit storage room and found a keycard machine. Uh, in which, between, like, banging on and a little bit of luck, managed to get it to spit out a card. And then uh, Hazel had a run-in with the weird, possessed robot that's been stalking them. And Hazel is currently standing in a sunbeam while a rather angry-looking possessed marionette is kind of just regarding the situation. Right. I think Rick is going to roll an understanding survival role to see if he picks up on the fact that the stalker doesn't like sunbeams. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, one success. That's enough. It's being pretty obvious at this point that it doesn't want to touch sunlight. It seems to actively dislike sunlight. Just in general, wants nothing to do with it. To the extent that it is not willing for even a small amount of time to, like, get itself I guess, sunned on. Nick? Nick, you can be honest with me. Is it a vampire? Did did you put us in front of a vampire? Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick, is this a vampire? (laughs) No, it is a possessed robot, though. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What does its mouth look like? It has a humanoid face, but more in the sense that, like, you know those little dolls that you use for figure drawing? It's kind of more like that with just, like, little empty pieces of glass for eyes. Oh, that's creepy. Okay. That's much creepier than I was even picturing. 
Thanks for that. Okay. Hazel flips it off. It doesn't seem to be especially taken aback by you flipping it off, but it doesn't also seem to be, like, appreciative of it. Okay. Well, doesn't have to appreciate it because it's happening either way. Mm-hmm. All right. So in that case, as we did last time, the stalker is considered an encounter. As we went over for, I guess, anybody who's joining us now who might have missed last time, the things that the team can do here is they can roll for exploring, which is what they're doing, you know, here. What they came here to do is find stuff. The stalker itself, they can attempt to drive it off and, you know, chase it, make it mad, trap it somewhere, all that fun stuff. They can attempt to outlast it, run away from it, hide from it. And depending on what they do, it has an aggression level where it will attempt to attack them. And right now it is actually aggressive enough to make attacks. So it is currently the party's turn. Mm. What are the spell pieces right now? The spell pieces here are still quiet, ancient, damp, mysterious, and void. And I need to spell ancient correctly. It's your notes. You can spell things however you want. Trust me. Okay. I would like... To cast a horrible magical spell. Please do. Hit me with that horrible magical spell. Okay. Hazel is going to step back, putting the sunbeam between herself and the stalker. She is going to cast Moving Void to move the stalker into the sunbeam. <gasps> do you have another word that would be useful there? Because instead of moving, I could make it advancing since it's looking toward you. And we could do it as a cord. I like that. Mm. Um, lifting? Just like put it up and pick it up and put it in the sunbeam? They pick it up like a bad cat? Yeah, I'll allow lifting. Lifting, advancing, void. All right. Uh, in that case, then, this will, I take it, count as drive off? Yeah, I'm really hoping to just really mess it up. I'm banking on it hating the sunbeam for rational reasons. In that case, then, I will say that... I will take whatever skill roll that you can give me, plus two points of scatter for extra success. It is five to drive it off. Five to drive it off. Okay. I think that's an adaptability roll. She's using what she's got. She's using what she just learned. That would definitely make the case for adaptability. I don't have an applicable skill, so I'm just going to roll these three. All right. Adaptability then. Hell yeah. Two successes and an edge. All right. If you take the edge, you are going to get hit a little harder by using Void. Oh, yeah, you said something happens when you use Void. As I I mentioned last (laughs) time, Void is an unusual word, and you will get some weirdness if you use Void. (laughs) Hazel doesn't think about consequences. So you said two scatter per success, right? Yes, two scatter per success, and because it's a cord... We could each supply one of them. Actually, I will say if you do take that edge success, the void will impact Lane as well. Well, okay. Yeah, okay. If Kathleen's okay with it, then yeah. All right. In that case, then, I need four scatter from among the two of you. Two apiece? I guess that I meant by one was, like, one success from each of us. So I, uh, what does Lane's magic look like? That's a good question. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a combo. This is a double tech. What's your double tech look like? I can tell you that beneath and slightly behind the horror, there is a small explosion, like a pop of fireworks. And there was a loud, like a loud uh, fanfare that happens just behind it that kind of 
the force of this small explosion bumps it upward and forward. And I think that Lane's magic looks dark and goth and stuff. Nice. I think that Lane's magic tends to show up on their body as it's happening. Ooh. Oh, so like little tattoos or something? Yeah. Maybe tracing out veins or nerves or chakras or something like that. And like a matching pattern appears in the air behind the horror? Yeah. I like that a lot. Ooh, that's cool. That's really cool. Okay, then. But because you used void, you both are struck by a sudden, I wouldn't say presence, but more like the profound absence of a presence. There is something here that isn't here. That's more than just the horror. Some, for like the briefest of moments, you feel as though you are looking down a immeasurably dark, vast whirlpool, and then it's gone. Yuck, I hate it. As you sort of snap back, you notice that the stalker is not appreciating being in the sun. It is scratching at itself, and as if a hand is yanking it by strings, it just pulls back and flies down the hall out of sight. Hazel flips it off again. Well, that was some interesting research we did. Uh, sorry, Hazel. Huh? No, thanks for the help. That was just nasty. Hmm? It's super haunted in here, Professor. Don't worry about it. Okay. Did you guys find what you needed? I have these keys, and the professor opens up a backpack with like a bunch of keys, and the, and then there's this one, which was in the machine. Lane holds this one as, I think that this is the one that we actually want. Probably. I'm just going to take a little peeksy into the room real quick, see? Mm, okay. Might as well. Okay, I'm going to use Hazel's ability. Hazel's ability is greedy eye. She can spend a scatter, and the GM has to tell her what the most valuable thing in the room is. So the most valuable thing in this room And you are kind of surprised that Lane didn't notice it, but just glinting in a random sunbeam is a very expensive, just mirror finish hammer. Snatch. Mm, Nice. It is very high quality. It bears a name on it, a stamp of some sort. You don't recognize the name. You don't know if it's the person who owned it or if it's some sort of brand, but There is a name stamped on the top of the hammer. (laughs) Neat. What'd you find there? Hammer. Oh. Lane, look, 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 look. Very nice. Oh, Oh, how'd I miss that? Oh. Well, this is nice. Mm -hmm. Here you go. You'll use it more than me. Thank you. And Lane is going to put it in a bag or tie it to a belt or something to that effect. It looks quite nice on their bag. It's got a fun little twist in the uh, shaft of the hammer. Gives it uh, maybe a little fancier than you're used to for a work hammer, but it's super high quality and uh, it is very pretty. So did we get what we came for? Can we bail before the yuck monster comes back? I, I think everything we need we have. Yes, let's, um, 
think we've conducted enough research. So, which way do we go to get out? Well, I thought that was your job. Um, me, 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 yeah. Was, was that my... Did I... I have the map. I have the map, hey, right? Hey. I have the map. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'm going to roll Adaptability Navigation to Advance Explore. All right. Hazel is a navigator. Mm. Indeed she is. A success. A success. So you do notice that, I guess your eyes are drawn back to the large tracks that lead out the door and further into, but it does feel like the tracks lead what you assume is back towards an exit of some sort? Look what I found. Uh, I wonder... Hmm. I wonder if there's more treasure in here, though. I think the professor is going to roll understanding tracking to follow it. And what do you think also, while Kirsten's rolling, about sensitivity engineering or sensitivity art blacksmithing as a pool roll? I would take sensitivity engineering for that pool roll. Okay. And also, yes, I was about to say that uh, because the stalker has been driven off, you have a little bit of time to make some explorer rolls, to make some pool rolls, all that fun stuff, because it is currently a scared. <laughs> Get that. All right. Looks like Lane got a success. Yay. Rick got three successes and an edge success. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. Um, and th- that was for the explore role, yes? The tracking. like yeah. uh, Yes, the tracking. Um, so I will say, if you keep the success, you'll get further finding where the tracks lead, but where you came from might get a little hazy. You know, I think three successes is fine. I don't need the edge. Okay. But it is the professor. Do I professor or do I metagame? It is Professor Rick Carter. Professor Rick Carter does go full on. Professor Rick Carter once tried to make a snorkel out of grass. <laughs> Professor Rick Carter once thought that he could prank a dragon. <laughs> I still don't know if Professor Rick Carter actually knows who that dragon is fully. <laughs> Professor Rick Carter once tied a piece of metal to a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Rick Carter once tried to help with music. <laughs> Professor Rick Carter is quite the Renaissance man when you really when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Rick Carter is going to keep the edge success just because he's real into it. That's our professor. <laughs> All right. So that's four successes then from Rick, one more into the pool. You follow the tracks a little bit more. They do get a little obfuscated as you do move over some more like seismic shifted ground where the tracks had been drug kind of lead into just a pile of dirt, but there's a pretty obvious tunnel around the side of it. And so now I will say, again, because the stalker has been driven off, let's get some more rolls. Rolls, 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 rolls. So we've got like seven in the pool now, right? I haven't been keeping track quite well enough. Uh, Let's see, there was 
those and yours, and there was a couple left over. So, yeah, there's seven in the pool. So how about advancing out last with subtlety tactics to try to advance the track while also maybe not being entirely blaringly blatantly obvious to the stalker when it does come back. All right. That sounds good to me. The rules again from last time for anybody who forgot is that every three uh, that you get for Outlast reduces the stalker's aggression by one. Its aggression is currently ten. Oh, it's bad. Who did that? So how about I take a... It's eight to advance Outlast, right? Uh, It is... Or not Outlast, um, to advance Explore. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I'm just going to, like, be safe and take seven. Okay. Oh, which is good because I got an edge success. Is this for Explore, then? Yeah. So I will say that this will unlock the second part of the Explore track, but whatever you saw earlier when you used Void is going to be a little more pronounced. Hmm. <sighs> Well, Kathleen thinks in for a penny, in for a pound, and doesn't want to waste the seven that she drew out of the pool. So, into the void we go. Void, 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 void. void. <laughs> the group reconnects to the drug tracks, and it loops back around, and actually, you think you might be getting kind of closer back to where you came in from, but the, again, seismic disturbances have cut off a lot of past that look like they might, like, maybe a few months ago let outside pretty quickly, but now it's just a big pile of rocks. And in a room with quite a lot of light actually shining down from above, not as much as there used to be. You have been in here a while. Let's see, you got here around 10 in the morning, so it's, let's see, dealing with the stalker, all that fun stuff. It's probably a little after 12.30 or so, starting to get into early afternoon. And the most obvious thing that's, you know, very, very blatant when you walk in here is the unit pod has been arranged, sort of leaning back at an angle. And a variety of things have sort of just been laid in front of it. The most obvious one is a lockbox, but it looks to be just little trinkets, maybe a couple of pieces of clothing, what looks to be whisper goat wool, all sorts of weird little things. The room itself is covered in a variety of large divots and footprints, some of which are directly in front of this pod. So the professor is going to use the whisper goat wool and cast a spell to help move the outlast. All right. And he's going to cast quiet hunting to, like, quiet down the hunting of the stalker. Um, wouldn't that... But if that... Okay. (laughs) Are you thinking that quiet hunting would make the stalker more stealthy? (laughs) That's kind of where my brain took it, but I'm not in charge here. I could also do quiet me, but that would just be on me, but then I want to make it maybe on the clothing if I make, like, whisper wool... You can use us if you duck into your assist pool. True enough, which I could do. Yeah, and I will say because you've got the whisper goat wool, 
You know what? I'll say that that's worth uh, one free scatter. Oh. Yay. Yay. Nice. Bonus scatter. And so how much scatter would I... One scatter will translate directly to one success on the Outlast track. And how far along are we again? Because you have found the next group, the aggression of the stalker has gone up. It is now 15. Okay. Let's do three. Okay. And then the wool gives an extra, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do three. All right. And also you get to make your roll. Don't forget that. This might be finally your tinkering roll. I think tinkering is the most uh, useful for this one. Because, like, building a sweater? I guess you knit a sweater, but... I'd say Rick would tinker a sweater. <laughs> what? Or I could use understanding fashion. I have fashion. What? I would say this is most likely going to be a subtlety roll, seeing as you are being very quiet. Okay. But I will accept subtlety tinkering because, as we all know, Professor Rick does a lot of things. (laughs) 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 Professor Rick does do things. (laughs) I would say one time Professor Rick Carter rolled tinkering, but that's false. Every five minutes, Professor Rick Carter rolls tinkering. (laughs) Uh, Professor Rick likes to tinker. And um, got two successes. Well, that's a total for six, and that's enough to knock the stalker's aggression down some. Now we have some awesome woolly sweaters. What? Okay. And that, no, wait, sorry, that should have been in. What? Okay. (laughs) Here, put, just kind of like start shoving it over people's heads, like, take these. (laughs) Uh, uh, We're we're quiet now. It's like it's like trying to put a sweater on a dog. It's <laughs> it's technically possible, but it won't be easy. <laughs> but you do have some very nice sweaters now. Magical sweaters. Magical sweaters. Okay, let's build a pool. Um Hazel is going to roll adaptability navigation. And she's just gonna kind of duck out into the halls a little bit to keep a lookout for the stalker. And she's gonna and familiarize herself with where it is and where it's coming from. This is for, uh, you said pool building? Yeah. All right, give me a roll. That is a success. A success. Pool is up one. Yeah. Hazel's on lookout. Hazel's on lookout. And what is Lane up to? Nick, would you mind describing the room a little bit again? What sort of activities might one get up to in this room aside from... Do whatever it is that Rick did with the Whisper Wall. So the room looks like it was some sort of, I guess, lobby is probably the best way to uh, describe it. It's a large sort of oblong circular room. There are piles of debris in the corners that look like they might have at one point been furniture of some sort, but they're all just rotten and beat up now. The room has been transformed into some sort of altar or shrine, best you can figure, around the large pod where with uh, a little circle of items and other things around it. The pod does look like it has been altered. This is a stretch. How do you feel about subtlety focus to try to see what's up spiritually without alarming any particular nothings? Uh, I think that'll work just fine. 
Okay. That looks like a success. All right. With one success, I will say that you don't ping any mysterious nothings, but you get the feeling that this room feels like a grave. You get the same feeling here that you would in a cemetery. Ooh. This feels too much like home. And leaning against the pod, you notice that a plate has been affixed to it with the name on it, Elizabeth Harold. The pod does not look like it originally possessed the nameplate. What's the name on the hammer? Uh, the name on the hammer is... I'm trying to think of a good last name. If it was me, I would have just said a different one, get bent. Yeah. <laughs> Stalton. Stalton is the name on the hammer. Oh, okay. It was never be afraid to be openly hostile to your players, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, the pod is much larger than a person. It is large enough to fit, for instance, a Gary inside of it. I wonder what's, like, can we see inside the pod? Or is it completely opaque? Uh, the pod is completely opaque, but it has, it looks like it has been closed by somebody just, like, mashing it shut, not so much. You would imagine that something like this had mechanisms to close it, but this has been closed much like you would close, say, a sarcophagus. Hmm. Professor is going to roll... Oh, no, I guess he doesn't have... Uh, just straight daring to try to, like, open it. I assume it's pretty heavy? Uh, it is pretty heavy, but I will say, yeah, you want to open it. Give me a daring roll. And Flane is willing to help out with daring engineering or daring athletics. I will take either. You could help by just, like, physical forcing it or, you know, try and get some fulcrums going on in there. Oh, let's make it an engineering roll. All right. Then give me some rolls, Professor and Lane. Rick got nothing. Just kind of, like, pushes against it and his feet slide against the floor. He's just like, Urgh. Here, 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 here. You've got to, like, look down here. Um, you got to force this bit. Uh, which, which, which way? You helping there? This is two successes and an edge. I will say if you keep the edge success, you'll get it open, but it'll be loud. And not with only two? No, I was thinking three to get it open. It is very large and very heavy. All right, what are y'all thinking? Hazel rolls up her sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> professy, 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 professy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Let me help. Mm. Okay. I think I'm pushing the right way. Just opening random stuff you find underground is a young person's game. Mm, too, too enough. Yeah. You True gotta, enough. you gotta get this, uh, hinge to move and I can't get it to push right. Okay. Together in three, two, one, hoist. Hazel only gets one success. I don't know if that counts as like adding to, <laughs> to lanes. I will say with lanes two and an edge and Hazel's one, you'll get it open. And with a loud cr metal creak, the team manages to hoist open the somewhat hastily closed lid and inside is a single skeleton wreathed in whisper goat wool. Uh, I guess we're grave defilers now, huh? Mm-hmm. Why did we do this? Um... To see what's in there? But... Hmm. Well... I guess it felt like a graveyard. It turns out it's a graveyard. Mm. This is 
Um, mm. I'm gonna close this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's close. Let's, this was let's uh, put this back. <sighs> Sorry. I will say the person inside of it absolutely does not fit in it. Too little, right? Way too little. They are a person-sized person. Hmm. Closing it, you notice that it does knock the nameplate off. But the nameplate does land next to some of the effects, including a lockbox. Ooh. I mean, there's probably not a skeleton in there. Mm, Not a full one, anyway. Well, from uh, grave opening to grave robbing, I guess. Well, this is this is more archaeology, right? We're not really robbing it, are we? Well, I don't know. Why are you asking me? I don't know anything about archaeology. It's never really great at filling out the proper forms for... Hmm. I gotta get better about that. I'm gonna be in the hallway. Hmm. That's right. We, we should probably... The professor kind of, like, looks around. Keep a lookout. Yeah. Hmm. Um, is the box open or is it locked? Yes, the lockbox is... Well, it's closed, but it is not locked. It is an unlocked lockbox. An unlocked box? Hmm. An unlocked lockbox. Let's, uh, see what's inside. Inside looks like what you would find maybe in just a sort of standard footlocker. There's a couple of, like, pieces of clothing, like a glove or a shoe or something like that. There is, however, a large pile of papers and a notebook. Ooh. Anything in particular? Like, is the notebook empty or does it have a log in it? The notebook is signed to Elizabeth Harold. Oh, okay. And it looks like the pages have been largely ripped out of the book, but most of them seem to have been collected and stuffed alongside of it. Hmm. A lot of it is pretty boring, like, science stuff, but something does catch your eye that you remember reading back in the previous room. It's a log written by Elizabeth, and it reads, We thought that Unit 7 was still responding to the keycard, but it wasn't. It was responding because it wanted to do what we asked it to. We don't know for how long Unit 7 has been renegade, but certainly since we sealed all the others away that it has been functioning without ever actually respecting any sort of command given to it by the card. It does what it does because it wants to. It has started following me. Like a pet? A dog, perhaps? I don't mind. There's a few other, like, just stories of Unit 7 following Elizabeth around. But one of the final logs catches your attention. This seems to have been written some great time later. Do not let it near the impact crater. And then nothing. Impact crater. Oh my gosh. Hmm. So, I mean... I mean, wait, Hazel's in the hallway. Hazel's, Hazel's on lookout. Are you done? I'm bored. I think that maybe Unit 7 revered Elizabeth? Maybe set up this shrine? And wanted to follow her commands? Like, is thinking now? Uh, give me a sensitivity check, somebody. This is going to be the wrong one, but it 
is what Lane is thinking about. It's sensitivity, humanity, plus sorrow. That is perfectly acceptable. Three successes. Three successes. Wow. Looking around the room, you notice that the large impacts, some of them, specifically the ones directly in front of the sarcophagus, would match Gary if he was kneeling. Whoa. No, yeah, um, this one loved her. Um, I mean, this is a grave, right? It's a shrine, really. It's, uh, uh, I feel like an asshole now. Uh, I think that Gary is our Unit 7, but who does that make the other one here? Lane probably was walking toward Hazel while saying this so that Hazel can participate. Hmm. Well, that's weird. I mean, they're metal people. I don't know. I don't know much about them. Here's what I do know. I don't think it's going to stay away from us forever. I'm going to do a sensitivity survival. All right. Just like a keeping an eyes and ears open. Not rolling great today. One success. Hazel's not particularly sensitive either. You don't get the feeling that it's in the immediate area, but there's something in the back of your mind that says that uh, it might be getting over its sunbath. Yeah. So we're going to need to move again. Let's go. Come on, Fessy. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Let's go. If 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 that's unit seven is Carrie, who is? Mm, yes. Anyways, that, let's let's make haste. Lane is rolling subtlety tactics to add to the pool. Nice. All right. I will also say at this point there is more to the explore track, but if the party wishes to leave, that track can also be moved forward. I guess an unexplore track. <laughs> to an edge. Well, this is just one edge. Um, we'll say if you keep the one edge success, the stalker will show up a little earlier. It's got a little bit of time since you scared it, but we'll cut a little bit of that off. We will leave the edge on the table. All right. Two to the pool. I will also accept using the pool in any direction for anything, very obviously. So if you want to use the pool to continue the explore track or to, I guess, continue the leave track, either is fine. So in that case, then, Hazel and Rick, what are you up to? Hazel is going to... Oh, she doesn't know the first thing about engineering. Never mind. <laughs> she doesn't know the first thing about buildings or their structural integrity. Um, Let's just do adaptability navigation again. All righty. Hazel is working to develop her mental map of this place. And... She's going to contribute to the pool by flushing out her understanding of the surroundings. That is three successes. There we go. There nice. we go. Big successes. Hazel's starting to get a better idea of sort of what's going on here in this facility. While there is a lot of cave-ins, the place was still designed to be moved around in fairly easily. So she's starting to get a pretty good mental map. Great. And I think the professor is going to help on that as well to continue along that track with a understanding survival to keep like a good fix on the underground space. All right. That sounds good to me. Let's let's see them understanding survival successes. 
Them dice rolls. Roll them shakers. <laughs> Two success. Two successes. Okay, so that brings the pool up to six. And we will go to the next one. You can definitely hear something rattling around you now. It's very obviously something is skittering around on the peripheries. The stalker will get an action after this round. Hey, Lame. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about this ceiling? Two successes on sensitivity engineering. Uh, well, I wouldn't want it falling on me, that's for sure. Because it might do that. Or would you? Well, not on me. Oh, no, I'm just thinking. If it's on its way, it'd probably be a good idea to get some light in here, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. I think I would like to cast a horrible spell. Do it. I will say, because you are now casting a horrible spell, something is different. Void is no longer a word. The word now is abyss. Oh, Oh, cool. Thanks for that. That's exciting. Cool. Not ominous. Perfectly fine. No problems here. No problems here. Um, Hazel would like to cast Mysterious Wind. It's like a powerful gust of wind blows in from outside and just knocks a chunk out of the ceiling. All right. Let's see. What exactly do you want to do with the ceiling? Obviously not collapse it in on yourself. No. What I want to do is create a sunny spot. Um, I will say between an engineering role and we will say one-to-one for scatter, I want four successes. I have an idea. How would you feel about adding a word to that? Oh, no, you're making... I can tell you're making that face you make. (laughs) And the word is knife. Mysterious knife wind. To cut the hole in the ceiling. I knew you were making that face. You can't hide that face from me. Even over the internet. I do like a mysterious wind knife, though. I will allow this. Okay. Then in that case, we can do just full-on four scatter and spend two apiece. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Unless Lane would like to contribute an engineering roll. I got a success on a sensitivity engineering role, and I think Elaine's contribution is to point and go right there. Ooh. All right. I will say, you know what? Everybody's working together. I like it. That counts. I need three scatter between the professor and Hazel. I'll take two, so the professor could take one. Okay, that's good, because the professor is getting a little low on scatter. <laughs> Big same. So the ceiling pops open like a party ball from Smash Bros. Just (laughs) and like phantom candy pours out. Phantom candy and dust. It's not real candy. It disappears as soon as it hits the ground. Or it turns into little dirt clods. It turns into dirt clods. (laughs) You can tell, though, from where you are, you're not that far underground. The light is pretty bright and it doesn't look like it's going through that much ceiling. So you imagine that you're probably maybe three or four meters underground at this point. All right. Good outlast roll, everybody. We did. All right. In that case, then, now it is the stalker's turn. It seems like maybe from behind one of the hallways, 
there's a skittering and then it's gone and then there's a skittering and then it's gone and then it's behind you. Yeah. Oh. The stalker is attacking. It still doesn't like the fact that Hazel gave it a sunbath earlier, so it's going to go after Hazel and <laughs> we will say it is just like clawing at her with a big metal hand and it is two successes or two pool to avoid getting cut by it. And uh, we will say it is, it's going right for the gut. So this will turn off daring. Can't have that. Hazel's best set. Can the professor jump in front with an understanding tactics role with the key of support and try to help like block the thing, like hit at its legs or something? Um, yes, because it's your key, I will say that that totally makes sense. So give me your roll. Two success and an edge. It was only two to get out of the way. I will say, though, with the edge, you will drag it just briefly into the sunspot, but it may get uh, the professor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. All right. It lunges for Hazel, but... The quick thinking of the professor and a maybe a little extra athletic dive knocks Hazel out of the way, and its big arm gives Rick quite the nasty gash on his right arm, but it sails into the sunspot and immediately recoils from that. How much of a gash does the professor get? Um, I will say that if he does have athletics, it's currently off, and otherwise, if he is attempting to do something physical, it will be minus one. I mean, I guess physical in the sense of, like, moving something, you know, it hurts. Okay, that makes sense. Or, like, if he tries to dodge something else or... Okay. It is painful. It will require first aid, but you will survive. And, hey, who knows? Maybe you'll get a super cool scar that you can show off to all the other professors to show that you're super tough. He done banged up his shoulder pretty bad. The robot's not a gentle metal thing. Its hands are sharp and metal. But it does back off some when it touches the sunbeam and kind of shakes at its hand. You can't see any sort of physical reaction. It's not smoking or anything, but it doesn't like that. <laughs> Jackass. Does it run off or is it still? Uh, it backs off, but it's kind of like doing the sort of wolf thing where it's it's made some space between you and it. And it's just kind of circling. Mm. So is it the party's turn? It is indeed the party's turn. I have an action I would like to take. All right. Hazel would like to, and I know I've said this before, but she does still want to flip off the stalker. <laughs> and she is going to rule daring medicine plus openness. Like, oh, geez, what, what the hell did you do that for? G- give me that. It, it was lunging and... Uh, no, shut up. Uh, Hazel's talking. You shut up. Okay. Ow, ow. Oh, guess it got me more than I kind of first thought. And that is two successes. I don't know if you want to play that as adding to the pool or as fixing Rick up, but... I will say, what does Rick want? Does Rick want to add that to the pool or does Rick want his arm to be bandaged up? You know, um... Let's let's add to the pool. I mean, Rick doesn't do a lot of physical actions anyway, so I guess it, like... Yeah, by, like, helping kind of get Rick fixed together, it kind of, like helps the team regroup and stuff like that and adds to the pool. Yeah. So it still hurts. It's sore, but it's bandaged there and you're not going to like lose blood or anything like that. So you you can still move with the party, but you're going to be a little sore for a while. Don't do hero stuff, you dumb old jerk. 
That I'm not old yet. Well, okay, I'm old, but... I was worried, you big dumb jerk. I'm sorry. I guess I got worried too and I let that get the better of me. I'm sorry, Hazel. Hmm. That's right. <laughs> you are sorry. Um, and... Well, that's my action for this round, but I need you to understand that Hazel's getting a complete scatter refresh. Because that was, uh... Openness was the last of her key. Very nice. Sorry about what's about to happen. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Lane is staring down the stalker and making quick glances down the hall in various directions and trying to figure out where to go. And I think just says, let's go. And does daring tactics to... It's going to take three from the pool and do daring tactics to outlast. All right. Oh, dear. One success and two edge successes. One success and two edge successes. I will say if you take the edge successes, you will indeed get the outlast track. Uh, in fact, it will move two. That will be six, so it will reduce the stalker's aggression by two. But you will run further into the facility. Kathleen wants this to happen, and I think that Lane is disinterested enough in fighting that we're going to do that. In that case, that lowers the stalker's aggression. And Lane, I guess, grabs uh, Rick and Hazel by their scruffs and takes off down the hallway. What? 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 You hit a couple of bends and a few other things, and you've put a fair amount of distance between yourself and the stalker. You don't hear it scrabbling around anymore. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, oh, that was dumb. The hell are we? I will say now, though, that the explore track actually is only six to go on the explore track, but it is now... Uh, to leave the facility, it is now up to 10. Ah, <laughs> oh, we are mired in this thing, huh? A little bit. I think Lane is going to use adaptability focus to add to the pool and calm themselves down. All right. And they got a success, so I'm going to claim that they are thinking slightly more rationally now. One success is significant in this system, so yeah, Lane's feeling a bit better. They do them shoulder rolls and, you know, a couple of deep breaths, and they're still down here, but they got their game face on. Sorry. Where are we? Uh, I guess that's my job, huh? And Hazel's going to roll adaptability navigation. One success and an edge. And is this adding to the pool or? Yeah, I think this is adding to the pool. Hazel's trying to figure out where we are. That's all. If you keep the edge success, you will feel pulled in a specific direction. Ooh, mysterious. Let's do it. All right, that's two more to the pool then. You get the feeling that like water rolling downhill, you're being drawn somewhere. Ooh. Hazel just starts wandering off. Um, stay, stay close. Um, you're, you okay? 
It wants me to go over there. Whoa, whoa, wait, what wants you? No. That's weird, huh? When I say it out loud, it sounds weird. But I gotta go this way. Wanna go this way? Uh... Um, what is it? <laughs> uh -huh. I already said uh -huh. Lane and Rick, you also start to feel this sort of similar, you know, rain rolling downhill. It is also starting to feel very familiar. A shared experience that you might all have had that drew you in a specific direction, perhaps. <sighs> Onwards to the crater, I guess. <laughs> What? Uh, might as well see. Let's go. All right, yeah, give me some rolls. We are on the next round. Don't worry, Hazel's here. You're both safe. And I believe the pool is up to six. Uh, I think, actually, I'm going to make a weird roll. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like weird roll. A roll that Hazel's bad at. Hazel's going to roll sensitivity humanity. She's going to try to figure out why it is she feels this way, like what's making her feel this way. She's going to kind of take a moment and reflect on these feelings. All right. She doesn't roll a ton of dice for this. She's not good at it. And will this be, I take it, adding to the pool then? Yes. Oh, this is a success in two edges. <laughs> I will say with those two edge successes, you will know what's doing this, but you will be very compelled by it. Yeah. Let's do it. This feels like your pilgrimage. <sighs> but there's nothing there. Gotta go. What is it? Why is it? Oh, it's like when I got on the boat. Because Augustine said we were friends. No, you're... It's like it's not saying, come. That doesn't make any sense either. I'm going though, okay? Not without me, you're not. <laughs> Maybe you should stay back, Professy. Uh... Maybe. You're injured. Maybe, but... Uh, just a little peek. Just a little peek. Well, Rick and Lane, it's your turn. Um, how much longer do we have on the track? To get out is ten, to go further is six. There is currently nine in the pool. Okay. But if we get to the crater, it said don't let it get to the crater. You know what? Okay, let's go for it, though. Let's let's go to the crater. It's be fine. It'll be fine. Um, Rick is going to roll an understanding tracking. And how much do you want to pull from the pool? Uh, let's do four. Alrighty, then give me that roll. One success, one edge. If you keep the edge success, you will make it. If you keep the edge success, you'll make it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't I yeah. can't make fun of you because I do that all the time, but dang. Okay, okay. 
You head down another series of hallways, certain that this is away from the stalker, towards something that the closer you get to it is, the more compelling it is, but also the emptier it feels. Like being robo-dialed over and over and over again. And you finally reach a series of doors. And each door leads into a small room with another door on the other side of it. The doors are pretty heavy, but uh, it looks like they've been turned over into some sort of emergency mode and can just be slid open and closed. Um, point of order, I, I, I just would like to mention that every door we're opening, Hazel is closing after us. After. Yeah. So everybody moves through the small room and then it opens into an empty, very large room with unusually perfectly curved floors, walls, and ceiling. Like a squashed circle, like a big old squash sphere. And you can feel something very, very powerful in the middle of the room. By torch or lantern light, there is just discarded equipment everywhere. You have no idea what it is or what it might have done at some point, but it's long since fallen into decay. And in, when you finally see it, in the center of the room is a massive stone with pieces of it carved away like somebody had carved layers off of an onion. You feel like this is the point when you would have spoken to your Daelith, but whatever this thing is, is dead. Also, you can't cast magic. Oh, mm. balls. I just worked so hard for that scatter refresh. I know. <laughs> well, that's a good thing that you did because while you are in this room, the more that you look at this thing, you can feel it's hungry for what you don't know, but it's pulling at you like it wants something. Whether it wants something because it's actively seeking it, it feels more like a vacuum, a void. It's pulling whatever it can get into it because there's nothing there anymore. So how about your memories? And what it wants is our memories. <laughs> you absolute mobile. <laughs> you three-ring jackass. <laughs> I liked the spell that we all did together with togetherness. That was really good. Yeah, that big togetherness moment was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked the Gary Grave. It was a really sweet touch, I thought. Aw, yeah. You did a good job building up to that. I was very like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what's going on. Oh, thank you. There's a lot of, like, bittersweet and creepy vibes combining, which is a thing that I'm all about. Gary is a good boy. I also enjoyed collaborating a little bit on what Lane's magic worked like. Yeah, what happened was rad. <laughs> I really like what became of Lane's very, like, interesting and intricate magic. Like, that's very fitting of their character. They are a craftsman. Mm -hmm. So they've got that, like, high artistry, which is really cool. Yeah. 
Like, it's just like a, an extremely goth crusader take that I'm completely here for. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I like the idea of like you're like trace veins or auras and then the veins appearing behind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a vein ghost. Yeah. Vascular ghost with like mm. a beating heart. <laughs> Vascular ghost sounds very scary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. Vascular ghost sounds pretty scary, but you can tell us what scares you, listener. Send us your fears. <laughs> we hunger for what scares you, like the corpse of a dead star god. We won't use them for evil, we swear. And, and where can they send their fears, Kat? Uh, well, you could whisper them into the dark and hope that they find their intended recipient and only the intended recipient. Or you can send them to us on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs or using the email form at peachgardengames.com. That you can. After you've done those things, you can scream in the Big A Roll Dice Discord. I'm doing that all of the time. That's that's a fucking true statement if ever <laughs> I've heard one. <laughs> Come scream into the hungering void with the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come look at my crayon drawings. We love when you scream. Not in a creepy way, but we just, we love to hear you and share with you. We're recording this during October, so we are all in Halloween mode, everybody. I want candy. Oh, October was when we recorded the Haunted Butt episode. Because I wasn't there and it was the Haunted episode. (laughs) October. (sighs) I don't think we're going to top that one for outro. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. I think the Haunted Butt has us. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, 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 bye. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Actual play comedy podcasts are awesome. We can all agree on this. What about if they're in outer space? What if the cast don't take themselves too seriously? If you think yes, then you will love Experience Points. We're an all-queer cast playing Starfinder and trying to survive whatever bombshells our GM Kenny can dream up for us. We're an impulsive bunch who rush into things, which has landed us in some surprising situations. Have you ever almost died in a spaceship's on a malfunction? <laughs> we have. Come join the adventure with the crew of the GD Hoopty and their surly computer AI, A-Hole, as we traverse the galaxy, leaving a trail of pink glitter in our wake. Listen to Experience Points today wherever you find fine podcasts. Then come say hi to us on Twitter at EQ Points, or... Tune in for our live streams every other Saturday at twitch.tv slash experience points, or you can now find us on YouTube. We'll be sure to unroll the pink carpet and have a cup of space camomile ready for you.